0: If I had a hammer, I'd hammer in the morning, I'd hammer in the evening, all over this land. I'd hammer out danger, I'd hammer out a warning, I'd hammer out love between my brothers and my sisters all all over this land.
1: V. Hayes was the son of a Methodist preacher, and he'd sung in black churches and white churches and knew that some of the best songs just changed one word and you had a new verse. So he sends four verses to me once and says, Pete, do you think you can make up a tune for this? I tried to make up a tune, but it wasn't as good a tune as it should have been. And it did get around a little bit, but Peter, Paul, and Mary really improved my tune they did some remarkable things. And their version of of that tune went all around the world. When I sing it now, I sing their version. I don't try and sing my version
0: of the song. Well, I got a hammer, and I got a bell, and I got a song to sing all over this land. It's the hammer of justice, it's the bell of freedom. It's the song about a love between my brothers and my sisters all over this land.
2: That's Pete Seeger talking about the evolution of the song he co-wrote with Lee Hayes, If I Had a Hammer. Welcome to Artworks, the program that goes behind the scenes with some of the nation's great artists to explore how art works. I'm your host, Josephine Reed. Last week, we heard from folk legend and National Medal of Arts recipient, Pete Seeger, as he shared his memories of his fellow musician and good friend, Woody Guthrie. This week, it's Pete's turn to talk about himself, and he opens up about his music and his musical roots. Born into a family of classical musicians, Pete discovered folk music through Alan Lomax, and he never looked back. With the banjo as his instrument, Pete went on to perform with Woody Guthrie, Bess Lomax Hawes, Lee Hayes, and many others. He was a founding member of the Almanac Singers and of the Weavers. A prolific songwriter, Pete is credited for igniting the folk revival of the 1950s. But for Seeger, as for Guthrie, music was a critical way to affect social change. And throughout his life, he put his music to use for the labor movement, the struggle for civil rights, the peace movement, environmentalism, and most recently, Occupy Wall Street. Pete Seeger has traveled the country and the world singing his songs. And as he recalls, he had a very early start to the musical and peripatetic life he would lead.
1: My father, he was a musicologist by profession. He would persuaded my mother uh, to take their classical music down south and over a year and a half, he built one of the world's first automobile trailers. I was a baby at the time. My cradle hung from one of the hoops. It was a small trailer by modern standards, but it seemed big to me then. It was four and a, five and a half feet wide, 14 and a half feet long. And my two brothers had little bunks at one end. At the other end, he had a kind of a shelf folded outside till it was horizontal. And now he had a seven-foot bed for him and my mother. They started off, but the trip was a disaster. Uh, average speed, 20, 25 miles an hour. Bump, bump, bump in good weather, slush, slush, slush in other weather. Oh, they, nobody came to hear their concerts of Mozart and Haydn. My mother was a very good violinist, although she had to, change, had to wash my diapers in an iron pot over an open fire. And once I fell in the fire, I would have been killed if I hadn't been snatched out in half a second. Then came a day when it had was, was been raining all night, and it was raining during the day. And the puddles got deeper and deeper until it was one puddle. My and wa- my mother said, how do you know there's a road there? He says, well, there's fence posts on either side, so there must be a road in between. She says, can't you turn around? We're going to be drowned. He says, I can't turn around. The road is too narrow. Well, she said, I can carry Peter. Can you carry the two boys? But he said, I'm sure it's going to let up. It can't get that deep. But as he told the story, he had a sheep swimming on, in the sheep pasture, and later on cows were swimming, and my mother was getting hysterical. Then finally in the distance, it looked like the road was rising, and sure enough... They, uh, they didn't drown, but my mother put her foot down and says, we're going back to New York. We can get jobs teaching back there. But meanwhile, they went to sleep, and in the morning, six serious white farmers with guns were standing around the trailer saying, we don't want no gypsies around here. It was in North Carolina. And my father, in his New England accent, we're not gypsies, we're musicians. You're what? And they bring out the org- pump organ where my father accompanied my mother, and the, we'll all be golden. My father said, Actually, we need a place we can camp out for a few months because the roads are so bad we can't get back to New York until spring. And one of the farmers said, Well, I got a big wood lot. You can camp out there if you want. And they did for three months. One night they took their classical music up to the farmhouse and they played a short concert for the McKenzie family, that was their name. And then the McKenzie said, oh, that's very nice. We play a little music too. And they took down banjos and fiddles and played up a storm. And my father said, for the first time in my whole life, I found out the people had a lot of good music. They didn't need my good music as much as I thought. father gave miniature fiddles to my two older brothers, but they rebelled. And when I came along five or six years later, my father said, Oh, let Peter enjoy himself, and uh, he'll find his own way. And she left musical instruments all around the house. So by the age of four or five, I could bang out a tune on a piano, if it's a simple tune, although I can remember once trying the uh, Blue Danube waltz. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. And uh, not just piano and organ, but a marimba and a penny whistle, an auto harp. And a squeeze box, an old-fashioned kind where you go, Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Ti, Do. So I, uh, I had a good knowledge, and occasionally I learned a few words, uh, like a dominant. Then I invented the term a dominant of the dominant, and then a triple dominant. When I went away to school at age eight, I was given a ukulele, and I took it with me, and I would plunk out any pop song and uh, get the kids singing with me. One summer, somebody had a book of sea shanties, and... uh, we sat around the piano, somebody else played the accompaniment, and I uh, got to know the songs. And when I was in this school, my first year there, I found my roommate liked to sing too, and we, I went through the book with him. And then I said, "Why don't we sing it for the rest of the school?" And we made a poster, an evening of sea shanties with Pete Seeger and Bob Claiborne, my roommate. He became a well-known writer later on. And, oh, we got a, a classmate to uh, stagger around the stage uh, with a bottle when we sang What Shall We Do with the
0: Drunken Sailor? As I went walking that ribbon of highway I saw above me That endless skyway I saw below me That golden valley This land was made For you and me
1: Well, I played the banjo for the fun of it, but I wasn't very good. It was a tenor banjo. However, my father had gotten a job in Washington and made the acquaintance of Alan Lomax, the same age as my older brother. And they hit it off well, and Alan said, Peter should hear some of this music by people who really know how to play it. And I was taken one summer to a festival in Chapel Hill. A local lawyer was Bascom Lunsford and a good banjo player, and he got the use of the local baseball park, I learned some lessons from him. He didn't waste time talking much on stage. He introduced the first band and he hadn't made, made sure they were in tune and uh, knew what they were going to play. The moment the spotlight goes on you, start playing. So we had a fast moving show. Not a lot of talking or retuning or where do we stand or anything. They were already in place and <laughs> they start playing. So we had a fast-moving show for 3,000 people sitting in the stands of the local baseball park. And I heard some wonderful musicians there. And this was just a revelation to me. I heard what I thought was the best music I'd ever heard in my life. Bascom gave me one short lesson. He says, now, you pick up on a melody string, one of the middle strings, and then you pick up on the top string. And right after that, You pick up on that little thumb strings, bump diddy bump diddy bump diddy bump diddy bump diddy, (laughs) and then he showed me you can make some notes by uh, coming down on the string with your left hand. I met Woody Guthrie uh, just a few years later, and that's when I really learned how to pick a banjo. He taught me how to hitchhike and how to ride freight trains, and I went up and down the Appalachians. And every time I found a banjo picker, I watch him closely.
0: Where have all the flowers gone? Long time passing Where have all the flowers gone? Long time ago Where have all the flowers gone? The girls have picked them, everyone. Oh, when will you ever learn? Oh, when will
1: you ever learn? If somebody hears a song and they think they can put different words to it, add a verse, change it a little, I've done this with many a song. The song, Where Have All the Flowers Gone, I came across in reading a Russian novel in translation. And it describes the Cossacks galloping off to join the Tsar's army. And three lines were written. Where are the flowers? The girls have plucked them. Where are the girls? They're all married. Where are the men? They're all in the army. And uh, I added a few lines of my own and had a song. Years later, I found a Yiddish song with the same general plot. It could be a 1,000 years old the analogy of flowers with girls and then men going to war.
0: Where have all the young men gone? Long time passing Oh, when will you ever learn? Oh, when
1: will you ever learn? Oh, there's one song I, I thought I'd made up the tune. For 30 years, I thought I wrote the tune. And then something happened. I found I'd just speeded up the melody of a marching song of George Washington's army. I read the words of a nursery rhyme. An English nursery rhyme, Crawly, creepy, little mousy From the barney to the housey In the pantry under the shelf He found some cheese and helped himself Nibble, nibble, nibble And I made up this tune Crawly, creepy, little mousy You walk with your fingers up a two-year-old's leg And then you walk up the kid's back From the barney to the housey And then you walk over the kid's shoulder, in the pantry, under the shelf, and then you end by tickling under its chin. Found some cheese and helped himself, nibble, nibble, nibble. And I thought I'd written a pretty good tune. Thirty years later, uh, somebody said their ancestor had sung this song when they marched through New Jersey at the end of the war to take over New York, a doodle, doodle, doodle dandy from... Cornstalk rum and a homemade brandy, Indian pudding and a pumpkin pie. That will make those Yankees fly. Pum brrrm, brrrm, got the drum. Brrrm, brrrm, <laughs> Yes, the folk process goes on. And you don't have to go to school to learn it. And it can be dangerous to speak it, but you can sing it and get away with it.
0: It was back in 1942 I was a member of a good platoon We were on maneuvers in Louisiana One night by the light of the moon The captain told us to ford a river That's how it all begun We were knee-deep in the big muddy The big fool says to push on I've often quoted Plato said it's
1: very dangerous to allow the wrong kind of music in the Republic. And he was a conservative. He did not want the wrong kind of song to be sung. And there's an old Arab proverb. When the king puts the poet on his payroll, he cuts off the tongue of the poet. The lyricist, Yip Harburg, was a lefty. And there was Harold Arland, who, in 1938, was asked to write the melodies for Yip's lyrics for a lot of songs. They were making a movie of The Wizard of Oz, a musical version of The Wizard of Oz. And when the two of them sat down to start their work together, Yip says, Harold, get me a melody for the phrase Over the Rainbow. And Arlen says, there's no rainbow in The the Wizard of Oz. I've read the script. And Yip says, I'm putting it in. Yip knew that the rainbow was an ancient symbol for people getting along with each other. God gave no other rainbow sign, no more water or fire next time. I sometimes get audiences singing because I line out the hymn. This is a church phrase. If you give the words to the congregation for a hymn, you don't need to have a hymn book and you give it to them line at a time. I line out the hymn for lots of songs and I I do it for this song. As you all know, the melody of this song. I'll give you the words. I got eighty thousand people singing it at a at a peace demonstration in New York. I do something which uh, maybe Yip would not have approved of. I said, Absolutely. I say, Yip, I'm changing two words at right at the end of your song, because if I'd been there when Little Dorothy said, "Why can't I?" I would have told her, "You know why you can't, Dorothy? Because you only ask for yourself. You got to ask for everybody." Because either we're all going to make it over that rainbow or nobody's going to make it. So I'm saying, why can't you and I? And somewhere up there, I can hear Yip say, Pete, you can futz around the old folk song, but don't you touch over the rainbow. Yip, I have to. Wherever you are, I'm going to change those last two words. So I give them to the audience. Someday I'll wish upon a star and wake up where the clouds are far behind me where troubles melt like lemon drops, where troubles melt like lemon way above, way above the chimney top. That's where you find me. Somewhere over the rainbow. Somewhere over the rainbow. Bluebirds fly. Bluebirds fly. Birds fly over the rainbow, why can't you and I? Birds fly over the rainbow, why then can't you and I? If there's a human race here in a hundred years, it'll be the arts which will save us. Because I'm thinking of the dancing arts, the cooking arts, the arts of humor, visual arts of course, Well, my mantra is the agricultural revolution took thousands of years, and the industrial revolution took hundreds of years. Now the information revolution is only taking decades. And if we use it and use the brains God gave us, who knows what miracles may happen in the next few decades? And I quote everywhere I go that great biologist who said, think globally, act locally. Who
0: knows? Who knows? We shall overcome We shall overcome We shall overcome Someday
1: We shall overcome. This is very interesting. Many people think they've had something to do with it. But I think this is the one which makes most sense to me. In 1907, the United Mine Workers Journal printed a letter saying, at our strike last year, we sang that good old song, uh, We Will Overcome. Now, there was a gospel song saying, I'll be all right. Second verse is, I'll be like him. capital H-I-M. And the third verse, I'll overcome someday. I'll overcome, I'll overcome, I'll overcome someday. And union folks put union words to it. We will overcome, we will overcome. And it was probably fairly fast. But 30 years later, 33 years later, an African-American woman in Charleston, South Carolina, like to sing it slowly. You can sing a gospel song up tempo, or you can sing it what they call long meter. And she liked to sing it very slow. They said, oh, here comes Lucille. Now we'll sing that song slower than anybody ever heard it. We will overcome. And a white union organizer, Sylvia Horton, heard it and it became her favorite song. She had a beautiful alto voice and taught it to me up in New York. She was raising money for a little union school, wonderful place called the Highlander Folk School, and I printed it in our little magazine, People's Songs. However, my version wasn't really that good. However, a friend of mine, nine years younger than I am, like to sing this song in what musicians call 12-8 time. He'd been learning gospel songs with a friend of his. And Guy Carowan told me they were going to have a weekend workshop at the Highlander's school on singing in the movement. And this was the Civil Rights Movement, 1960. And the Highlander had about 50 or 60 or 70 kids there. It was crowded. And... This version of We Shall Overcome was the hit song of the weekend. And five weeks later, Guy Carawan was in Raleigh, North Carolina, at the founding convention of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, SNCC for short. Somebody shouted from the stands, Guy, teach us all We Shall Overcome. And he taught them this new way of singing the song. Well. A month later, all through the South, from Florida to Texas and up to Maryland, it was not a song, it was the song. And now it's gone around the world. We'll walk hand in hand,
0: we'll walk hand. In hand. In my heart, oh, in my heart, I do, I do believe.
1: I had a memory in those days. I could remember all 267 songs in a book which I brought out. The first edition was not as good as the second edition. It had lots of little mistakes in it. But I sent a copy of it to John Updike the great writer, and he wrote back a little postcard. says, thanks for the sing-along memoir. So uh, I used his phrase as a subtitle. Where Have All the Flowers Gone is the main title of the book, but the subtitle is A Sing-Along Memoir. Right now I'm trying to remember some of the songs in it because I I once knew them all by heart. For example, uh, I read a book called Crazy English, by a man, Richard Lederer, starts off, English is the most widely used language in the history of the planet. One out of seven human beings can speak or read it. Half the world's books are in English. It has the largest vocabulary, perhaps two million words, but face it, English is crazy. When I come to that, you will help me sing that. There's no egg in eggplant, no pine or apple in pineapple, A writer writes, but do fingers fing, do grocers gross, quicksand works slowly, boxing rings a square, English is crazy, I didn't hear you, I'll hear that again, English is crazy. If the plural of tooth is teeth, shouldn't the plural of booth be beef? It's one goose, two geese, why not one moose, two meese? The plural of index is indices. Should it be one Kleenex, two clean ECs? And if a vegetarian eats vegetables, what does a humanitarian eat? English is crazy.
0: (laughs) To everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn, turn. And a time to every purpose under...
1: Do everything, turn, turn, turn. The original didn't rhyme quite as well as it should. So I changed a word here and a word there. And then I found that if I repeated the word turn three times, it could be used as a refrain for the the song. And uh, it was short enough, not too long, a refrain. And... uh, Then I found some quite unusual rhymes. Then I found one rhyme I wanted to repeat two different ways, so I repeated it. A time of peace, I swear it's not too late. And this has pleased me by becoming memorized by people who can't remember any of the other words, but they can remember those six words. I swear it's not too late. So the four verses turned out to be one of probably my best song. Oh, my wife, when I was writing it, got the idea of making up some children's verses. She said, a time of work, a time of play, a time of night, a time of day, a time to sleep, a time to wake, a time for candles on the cake. Do everything, turn, 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 turn. And then another one. A time to teach, a time to learn, a time for all to take their turn. But she had five very nice verses. I now sing the song with the four verses that I put together and the five verses my wife took It's a long song now, but it gets better and better as the audience gets to know the refrain.
0: A time to gain, a time to lose, a time to rend, a time to sow. A time of love, a time of hate, a time of peace. I swear it's not too late to everything. Turn, turn, turn. There is a season. Turn, turn, turn. And a time to every purpose under heaven. Children want to hear their parents' voice
1: and whether they're reciting an old nursery rhyme, or telling an actual story, they often will want to hear the same story over and over and over and over again, Little Red Riding Hood. My father told stories to me, and after six months he got a little bored uh, with the first story and made up a second, and I heard that for six months. Then I found he could make up stories, and I demanded a new one every night. And eventually, this led for a book coming out, the storytelling book. He was a musicologist by profession, but he made up stories. When I was four and five years old, and I demanded a new one every night. And uh, I now think that stories, along with songs, are among the things which will save the human race. Who knows? Who knows? thanks who it was ever it was in the government started a thing they call the national endowment for the arts and finds the money to keep it going year after year decade after decade wow
0: if i had a hammer i'd hammer in the morning i'd hammer in the evening all over this land I'd hammer out danger, I'd hammer out a warning. I'd hammer out love between my brothers and my sisters all, all over this land.
2: That was folk legend and National Medal of Arts recipient Pete Seeger. You've been listening to Artworks, produced at the National Endowment for the Arts. Adam Campy is the musical supervisor. All songs are from the album The Essential Pete Seeger, Use courtesy of Sony Music Management. Turn, 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 Big Muddy, and Where Have All the Flowers Gone, written by Pete Seeger. If I Had a Hammer, co-written by Pete Seeger and Lee Hayes. We Shall Overcome, co-written by Guy Hughes-Carowan Jr., Frank Hamilton, Zylfia Horton, and Pete Seeger. Goodnight Irene, written by Huddy Leadbelly-Ledbetter and John Lomax Sr. This Land is Your Land, written by Woody Guthrie. The Artworks podcast is posted every Thursday at arts.gov. You can subscribe to Artworks at iTunes U. Just click on the iTunes link on our podcast page. Next week, 2013 NEA Jazz Master Lou Donaldson. To find out how ArtWorks in communities across the country, keep checking the Artworks blog. Or follow us at NEA Arts on Twitter. For the National Endowment for the Arts, I'm Josephine Reed. Thanks for listening.
0: It's the bell of freedom. It's the song about a love between my brothers and my sisters all
2: over this land.